You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cactus. Cactus. Yes, it's fun words like cactus and more. It's cactus. Intellectual, intersexual, Uh. and Uh. intersectional. Mm. Nicole Sandler Mm. on NicoleSandler.com. Boy, am I glad it's Friday, because this has been a hell of a week. We're still getting the house in shape, and um, uh, but the news has been so disconcerting and 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 fucking awful that uh, that I need a rest. So, um, yeah. So this Sunday, David and I are taking a little. David, I, Jackson, and I are taking a day trip to Sedona, where I've never been, so I can get some of that magical vortex action. That's what I hear. Miracles happen in Sedona. So uh, we have a semi-miracle, and that is uh, before I left to move here to Arizona, where things are so much saner than they were in Florida, let me just say. I know not always. It won't always be this way, but for now, <laughs> it is. Um, uh, we were talking with Marcy Wheeler about g- coming on weekly, because I was having Marcy on every two to three weeks, and it seemed that... It, it still wasn't enough. Each time she comes on, we talk for an hour, and it still wasn't enough. And with so much going on, she is, she's the, the, the news machine. It's amazing. I can, th- and you'll hear in today's interview, because we recorded it earlier this morning, because again, she is in, um, uh, in Limerick, Ireland. And now I'm in Arizona, so the time difference is even bigger. So we, we recorded it at nine, Arizona time this morning. I don't know what time it was over there in Ireland. Um, and it's so funny. We can't even get through a one-hour podcast without a, a breaking news happening. So some breaking news happened while Marcy was on the air with me. Um, uh, that, that, that's the Cheeseboro guilty plea. The other, and, and some are, you know, happened while we were talking as well with Jim Jordan losing his third vote. What happened after, between the time we finished our conversation and now, showtime, is that Jim Jordan um, was voted off the island. Yes, they, despite his threats that they were going to do nonstop voting all weekend long until, I guess, you know, he wore them down and they finally voted for him. Real good way of thinking, Jim. Not. Uh um, they had a behind closed door meeting of the Republican conference and they voted that they wanted Jim Jordan to stop. Just stop. Just get, you will never be speaker. And it apparently was resounding, it was a resounding vote to that. Um, so instead of, look, we are, we are, um, uh, in a time of crisis, right? And, the House is without a speaker. You would think they would stay in session to try to get something done, but these are Republicans we're talking about. So, so what they've done is, um, well, uh, they, they have, uh, decided that they're going to go home for the weekend. 
Yeah, they're going to go home for a weekend and they'll come back on Monday and figure it out. Not like there's any burning issues of global importance that the house needs to act on. Yeah, we'll wait till Monday. We'll go have a weekend. Maybe they'll join me in Sedona. I certainly hope not. All right. So that happened since Marcy and I spoke. So when we talk about what Jim Jordan's going to do, just go, nah, 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 nah. We were speculating anyway. All right. You ready? Time now for Marcy Wheeler. Uh, Wheeler on Fridays or something like that. Take it away. Uh, magic of videotape. I'm back. And she's back. I'm so happy to welcome Marcy Wheeler back to the show. It looks like we're both in new digs, but you're sitting on the couch and are comfortable for um, a good reason. Well, uh, comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> As can be. No, the last time we spoke, you had come off of vacation. Uh, this was about a month ago because we've been moving. And uh, you broke your foot on vacation and you had to get surgery and deal with the Irish healthcare system, which you say kind of is weird and sucky, but it doesn't cost you anything. Right. It is terribly sucky. And I live in the suckiest part of Ireland for the Irish healthcare, but I walked out of the hospital. Like I literally, they're just like, Oh, go ahead. Go like, you know, they, they don't, they called up afterwards. They're like, Hey, can you give us your health insurance afterwards? I left the hospital and they're like, yeah, uh, we forgot to get your health insurance. Can you imagine in <laughs> no. the States? Like, no. Oh, we forgot to get your health insurance. Right. Because you're dying then, of a heart attack and the lady comes in with the cart and saying, I need all your health insurance and for me know, right? before they treat yeah, you. So. Right. Well, I'm glad you're well cast and all. Uh, I've been there with a broken foot. In fact, I think the first time we met in person at Networks Nation, I had the broken foot. So it's not fun, but you're here. And um, well, today we are, you know, before when I was living on the East Coast, we would tape at 10 Eastern because you're in Ireland and it's some hours later there. Now I'm on the West, well, not on the coast. I'm on um, Mountain Time, which which is kind of, it's weird because Arizona. You're in in Arizona time. I'm in Arizona time. Yeah, I, I, I know this. My parents lived there for a little oh, while. So. Oh, oh, oh. so the, you know, the show airs at the same time, 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific. But in, in a few weeks, November 5th, I believe, when we fall back, everyone else falls back, but not us. So the time of time I do my show will change. I'm getting used to it all. I, I, I always had a problem with the, uh, <laughs> with the daylight savings time, and uh, I still will. But it's all, you know... It's all nothing compared to what's going on in the world. Um, Marcy Wheeler, so I'm reading up at emptywheel.net, but the latest news just happened because it is now 9, 12 Arizona time. It's afternoon, just a few minutes after 12 noon uh, in Washington, D.C., and at 10 this morning, for whatever reason, Jim Jordan decided they should have another round of voting for speaker. The first round, there were 20 Republican no votes. Second round, there were 22. Today's third round, there were 25. Now, he had threatened to just do uh, Kevin McCarthy and keep voting through the weekend. Do you think he's still going to do that? Uh, You know, he's trying to uh, hostage take, right? Like, he's trying to say, I'm going to hold you here until you make me king. And, you know, I right before we got on, I was like, just imagine if he lost 60 times like Donald Trump did, but every time he got fewer and fewer votes. I think the risk is eventually Republicans are going to be like, Jim, I'm just going home. And if I go home, then Hakeem Jeffries, like actually Jeffries lost two votes this vote did himself he? because Cause they didn't yeah, show up. They were Democrats, they weren't there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but eventually enough Republicans are going to be sick to death of this and they're just going to be like, screw you. And they're going to, you know, uh, not be there for the vote, and all of a sudden, Hakeem Jeffries will be speaker. And thank you, Jim Jordan. Yes, uh, it's just insane. I mean, these people are insane, and they're discovering how awful each other are. Like that's the thing. Before this started, I wrote a post that I keep relinking and relinking mm-hmm. and relinking called, uh, called uh, Jim Jordan's stochastic lynching. I was, I have it right here. Um, uh, aspiring speaker Jordan stochastic lynching as oversight. Jim is coming for you. Um, you know, there's something else that's going on and, and, um, it's the way that this Republican party operates. We've seen it with all the threats against, you know, anybody, any prosecutors or judges involved in Trump's various prosecutions, the threats. And apparently, 
the Republicans who voted against Jordan are getting really nasty and threatening messages to their homes, to their families, because they didn't vote for Jim Jordan? Yeah, uh, Ken Buck says he got kicked out of his property, like his, he lost the lease on, on his office because he didn't vote for Jim Jordan. I mean, and, and my point, like, before this started, that post that we're talking about, I said, look, you know, because, uh, you know, Hill journalists, they get paid to cover a horse race. You know, they get paid to say, here's how many votes, here's how many press releases, here's how many, and they are completely amoral beings. Like that, you know, oh, Jim Jordan said this and Republican and, and Democrats said this. There's, there's, there is shockingly little ability for them to say James Comer is that shit crazy, which he is, of course, yes. right? Like, yes. or to say this, it, this impeachment hearing was batshit crazy pants, which of course it was. Um, even though everyone knows it and it's just because they're only allowed to, you know, to talk about the horse race. And so, um, and so I wrote this post at the beginning saying, um, not just like we know that Jim Jordan has always sicked mobsters on people uh i you know it, clearly you have to date it back at least to peter struck and, and and lisa page it right. goes back before that but that's when jim jordan really started ratcheting up the threats uh, against people who were enemies of donald trump and it you know it and we know that uh in the post i talk about how the day he announced a quote-unquote investigation into Fonnie Willis, so it was August 24th, and he's like, I think she has been conspiring with Jack Smith. And it's like, well, first of all, that's not illegal. You know, right. like the feds are allowed to, they're allowed it's to. not conspiring, they're working together. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, uh, and oh, wish that that had happened. Like everyone, you know, Fonnie Willis has stuff that Jack Smith doesn't have and jack smith has stuff that funny willis doesn't have and um if anything they were both too standoffish but nevertheless jim jordan he has these 18 quote-unquote whistleblowers who are really disgruntled right wingers and they go to him and they say well i heard that funny willis was working with jack smith and based off that jim jordan starts you know ratcheting up the mob again and on august 24th he um, he announced he was doing this, and the death threats started coming into Fonnie Willis. And so they've gone back and forth now. Uh, each of them have have sent two letters. And her first response, uh, she was like, "Oh, Jim, uh, exhibits F through O. Get it? F O. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exhibits F through O show the death threats. You should care more about the safety of people involved in a in a criminal." justice system mm-hmm. exhibits F through O show some of the threats we're getting. And at least two of them were from that day from August 24th. And one of them was this disgusting racist attack saying, you know, Jim's coming for you, but he's only going to find a body. It's just oh gross. God. And it's of course dripping with racism. And, um, and it's not just funny Willis and it's not just Alvin Bragg. And it's, you know, of course he's going to go after Like he's trying to go after, um, David Weiss as well, because David Weiss is trying to indict Hunter Biden, but these stupid IRS agents bollocks that. Um, but it's also like in these transcripts, every single time there's an interview of people, um, like for example, the special agent in charge of the Hunter Biden investigation. So he is still to this day trying to find as many crimes to charge Hunter Biden with as he can, right? He just didn't screw it up. Like Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler. So that dude's still in Baltimore, still trying to indict Hunter Biden. But because, uh, because Jim Jordan is a conspiracy theorist, all of, you know, like these mobsters are going after all the FBI people who are trying to indict Hunter Biden. It's insane. And, um, and that special agent in charge is like, look, you know, the daughter of this retired FBI agent is being followed. Oh, God. The daughter of, and, you know, in this case, in the Hunter Biden case, it's going to really uh, significantly diminish the chances that Hunter Biden is is, is uh, charged with anything besides the gun charges because, uh, you know, Hunter Biden's lawyers are going to be able to set, like, literally the AUSA, the prosecutor in that case, FBI had to start protecting her. Marshals had to start protecting her. Why? Because Jim Jordan sicked these mobsters off on this, on this prosecutor who, by the way, like, She's, you know, the, the, the FBI agents need some, some villain and she's their villain. Um, but among other things she did is in 
October, so two years ago, in October, three years ago, in October 2020, when they discovered that this laptop that they had been using for, um, for 10 months, when they discovered that Rudy Giuliani had a copy, um, that prosecutor, the one who's getting death threats now, she was like, I don't think we really need to prioritize checking to see whether anything was added to the laptop before we got it. And I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> are you insane? Right. You got warrants off of this oh and 10 God. months in, you still hadn't done basic stuff to make sure that it wasn't packaged up, which I think it was. And so it's just insanity. You do but have a great my- post at, at emptywheel.net about a, a recent post about Quote, Hunter Biden's laptop, which, by the way, for anybody in Chandler, Arizona, if you happen to see a Wi-Fi network called Hunter Biden's laptop, that's me. That's the name of our Wi-Fi network, just for the hell of it. (laughs) Why not? Uh, But, yeah, uh, you've got a lot of information there that people should read. Um, And and that's a a, we've talked about Hunter Biden's laptop and you you throw more um, uh, questions at it and uh, this is this is a red herring. This is what they're trying to, you know, say, look at this instead of looking at everything else. Right. I mean, it's like, like, can we talk about the, the Donald Trump fraud case? Because that is my latest obsession. Please. I'm not covering it because I because I cover a hundred other things. But like Donald Trump is on trial as we speak. Mm-hmm. The, the the GOP candidate for president is on trial in New York as we speak. By the by the way, by the time this goes on air, Nicole, he he will be sanctioned in one way or another because the judge in the case, Arthur Engeron, uh, gagged him. He said, "Stop attacking my my uh, staffers, right. my, my court staffers." And after Engeron, uh, I'm getting that name wrong. I'm sure uh, gagged him. Trump left up one of the attacks on his clerk. On That's right. On his website. We, he deleted his tweets or truths or whatever they're called, but he left it on his website. Right. So that, uh, again, between the time we're taping and the time that that comes out, we, there will be some sanctions. He did threaten Donald with jail. Wow. So, uh, you know, I don't think it'll be permanent jail. It'll be sort of like, okay, go spend overnight in jail and think seriously about what a bad person you are. Now, but, is, is this um, the judge that told him to, like, shut the fuck up in court because he was too loud, ta- making yes. comments when someone was testifying even? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Trump goes every once in a while to, like, uh, hold a press conference in New York and to again attack Tish James. But, but the, but the actual substance of the case, I really encourage people, um, to follow Adam Klosfeld and, uh, um, there, there's a number of people from Forbes who are covering it live. Okay. Um, and shoot, I'm going to get the name of the guy wrong. The, the, one of the guy from Forbes who's covering it is one of the people involved in their, you know, top 400 billionaires every year. Oh, wow. And so he knows, like, the back of his hand, this is this is the valuation that Trump used for this property in New York, this property in New York, this property in New York. And earlier this week, Alan Weisselberg was testifying, and um, he got off the stand, and this Forbes journalist was like, oh, he just lied his ass off. <gasps> he didn't say ass off. Right. He just lied his ass off on the stand. And I know, because he basically, Weisselberg, remember, is the retired CFO of Trump Organization. Right. And on the stand, he was like, oh, I wasn't really involved. I wasn't really involved in claiming that the square footage of Trump's penthouse was three times bigger than it was. And the Forbes journalist was like, yes, you were. We've got receipts. <laughs> and so now that's going forward. Like, are we going to, are we going to charge Weisselberg with, uh, perjury? With perjury? Right. We, yeah. Um, but, but again, every single day yesterday, for example, Eric Trump was the, the, the uh, way in which Eric Trump was inventing things for property in Westchester. Every single day, there is more corruption shown in that courtroom every single day than anything that you could find in Hunter Biden's dictus. Right. Um, and, and Michael and Cohen is supposed to testify this week, right? Next week. He, next week. He's sick this oh, week, it's so Friday. Yeah, it'll be Today's Friday, week. next week, obviously. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, so, and it's, that, that's one of the things that I think is so insane is that like, this is free stuff. If you're a journalist, if you're like the Washington Post barely covers it because Washington Post is very busy, 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 busy covering Hunter Biden's dick pics. Right. Um, but, uh, but like just send a journalist and every single day you've got a story about Trump's corruption. You've got a story about how Trump thinks he's three times larger than he really is. And this is the stuff that we were all begging for in 2016. And it's all there for free. Just go to the courtroom, write it down, turn it into a story. And there's only like, 
five people covering it really diligently on a day-to-day basis. The Forbes journalist is one. Adam Klausfeld, who's at The Messenger, is another. ABC has a person there. Um, court, uh, you know, there's a couple of right. law and crime. But but it's just like, it's insane. It's insane that that is not the, the lead of the, you know, like every every day it should say, here's another way Donald Trump bought, said he was three three times bigger than he actually is. Here's another way that Trump uh, Trump's net worth is inflated by two, you know, because it, that, that's what you find out every day. And it's just scandalous and crazy stuff. And you learn a lot about valuations. Yeah, unfortunately, on, so. unfortunately, this trial is not being televised. So uh, where the, the American people are not hearing about it because the corporate media isn't covering it well no it's not that it nope. literally is not that okay. it is that corporate money corporate media is not sending 100 journalists like okay. last week there was a hearing on um, so there were two hearings in trump's other trials right there there was a hearing in florida and because virtually all the journalists there hadn't done the homework they didn't know what was before what the question before Judge Cannon was, Judge Aileen Cannon, yes, Cannon who, right? You can forget um, her. That she scolded them. They were like, "Oh my God!" You know, special counsel really screwed screwed up because you didn't know that. Like the briefing to date has been: should there be a Garcia hearing? Not what should the Garcia hearing include? Now, what is a Garcia and hearing? Can you? Explain it's a conflicts that? hearing. Basically, um, you know, Trump has like five lawyers who are representing all of his staffers and he's doing it so that they know what each one has said sure. and they can subtly discourage people from testifying and um, a very key witness flipped in July and that led to additional charges against Walt Nata, the valet who is kind of key to a lot of crimes against Trump and um, the, the lawyer in question guy named Stan Woodward yep. who is very charming like I know for a fact that he has driven a lot of the stories he or his he or his partner without declaring that he was on the case were driving a lot of the coverage on the investigation for years right mm-hmm. like um, and he's very charming so journalists really trust him they don't check his work and and it's like in this particular case, he is saying that he owes no duty of loyalty to somebody he represented before the grand jury in March. He's like, I can screw that guy over. There appears to be there appears to be breaking news. A source is telling NBC that Kenneth Cheesebro or Chesbro or however you say his name is uh, making a plea deal with prosecutors. So we had Sidney Powell the other day. Um, Surprising, though. Did you expect her to to plead guilty? I I totally expected her to plead guilty. And and I'm not at all, like, touting my own horn. The reason I expected her to plead guilty, which people did not understand, is one, uh, the charges against her in Georgia are are straight-up hacking charges. So even if the entire RICO thing fell in Georgia, she'd still be on the hook for five years for hacking voting machines. Okay. So, uh, and there's no way she could be pardoned out of that. So there's no reason to be silent thinking that Donald Trump is going to pardon you. Plus, Donald Trump has been a jerk to her up late. So you're not going to get pardoned because Donald Trump doesn't like you anymore. You're not going to get pardoned because uh, it's in Georgia and you can't be pardoned. Mm-hmm. You're facing five years for real criminal exposure. Uh, and And, you know, Plead early and often. Yeah. These people, she, so she's going to get six years of probation. probation. These right. misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. And if she succeeds to get through those six years, um, she can have it expunged as a first wow. offender. Wow. So it's a, it's a tremendously good plea deal for her. Um, and I assume that Chesbro, we all like to pronounce it Cheesebro yes. because it, you know, yeah. cheese stands alone, but apparently he's not <laughs> he going to do it. that either. Right. Um, uh, and now it says Ch- Kenneth Chisbro reaches plea deal with Georgia prosecutors. I'm just seeing the Chiron, but apparently he he pled. Yep, yep. Now he um, was uh, he was also a lawyer, right? We, he wasn't as high profile as Sidney Powell, but what what dirt might he have? And he, like her, is one of the named one of the unnamed six unindicted co-conspirators in D.C. Right. So of those six, five were also charged in Georgia. Sidney Powell. Kenneth Chesbro, Rudy Giuliani, uh, John Eastman, um, and who am I missing? Boris Epstein was not charged. He right. was going to be a witness in this trial. Alex Jones was oh. going to be a witness against Chesbro. Oh, my. Um, but now we don't get to see Alex Jones on the stand. Um, I'm forgetting somebody really obvious. It'll come to me. Oh, J- uh, Jeffrey Clark. So oh. anyway, um, so those five lawyers are all charged in both places. And... Again, for Chesborough, for anybody, it's like you can't be pardoned. 
So if you're if you're thinking of flipping your way out of DC at all, might as well flip early here. Um, and and both Chesbro, we like to call him Chesbro, and Sydney Powell um, asked for their speedy trial. Like, That's right. They, they they challenged the indictment on a bunch of counts and they were all rejected last or this earlier this week and so that's why they're flipping they, they said can i get this thrown out like in chesbro's case we like to call him cheese bro <laughs> um he tried to say that he he wrote the memo saying uh here's here we're going to do fake electors he's the brainchild he's the fake the elector fake he elector. and yeah. and jo- and uh john eastman because he was that was well, his baby too. yeah okay. so chesbro started it he, he and and chesbro especially there's this one that is just astounding where he's like well you know, I don't think people in Pennsylvania or Wisconsin will get in trouble, but it's, it's, it is somewhat problematic in Georgia and Michigan and very problematic in Nevada. So he admitted that they were breaking the law in, in Nevada, Georgia and Michigan, which therefore is lethal. Like, um, one of the thick electors in Michigan also flipped yesterday. So they're all flipping. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it, he was the brainchild. He told them how to do it to try and get as close to the law as possible. But even he admitted that if they didn't fulfill the requirements of this state, uh, so for example, in Michigan, you had to do it. You had to, to, to sign your vote certification in the Capitol. So they signed it in the GOP headquarters, then walked to the Capitol, tried to get into the Capitol, were not permitted oh, in the wow. Capitol. And so it wasn't legal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and so little details like that that made it not illegal. And then when they signed, they were therefore basically committing counterfeit. And that's where the criminal exposure comes from. I see. Uh, Marcy Wheeler is with us. I'm so happy to be back and to have Marcy back on the show. Um, you know, I joked. I said, good thing. You know, I was off the air for about a month. Good thing nothing important happened while I was out. It's been nonstop. There's no such thing as a slow news day anymore. Um and so, so the latest is, uh, he's now pleading guilty in a Georgia courtroom, Kenneth Chesborough. We call him, like to call him Cheeseborough. Um, and, uh, you know, what I was going to ask you before this news broke is about Sidney Powell. And, uh, wait, I, I've got a little sound. How do you plead to the six counts of conspiracy to commit intentional interference with performance of election duties? Guilty. Guilty. I just like hearing her say guilty. But my concern was <laughs> that she's so, um, k- kooky and weird, and and. But doesn't she sound sane when she's saying I'm guilty? Well, like, that she sounded perfectly. She sane did there yesterday. Yes, she did. Um, and 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 look, her decision to flip is completely rational, and this is what people people don't understand. She was a she was an act, just like Trump is an act. Uh, she made the most rational decision of any. Now, Chesbro made the same very rational decision, uh, and. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of other people flip their way out of, out of the Georgia case and, and leave, you know, Trump and Rudy Giuliani. I mean, Rudy's got to flip because he's broke. Right. But, uh, for the, you know, and Sydney Powell's looking down being broke as well because she's still being sued by Dominion. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a tangled web they weave. Uh, so, so, okay. Well, that's going on. There's still the drama in the house. I want to back up to that for a minute. Um, because I don't, uh, I don't know what the latest is. Uh, do you know if Jim Jordan decided to not follow through on his threat to keep uh, the House in session and do a votorama, uh, uh, trying to trying to um, replicate what uh, Kevin McCarthy did? Maybe after fifteen votes, he'll get it. But he's going in the wrong direction. Yeah, he's going in the wrong direction. And as I said, like eventually, Republicans are going to stop showing up. Right. You know, like the the way in which these votes work is uh, whoever gets a majority of the votes cast of the votes, like present votes don't right. count. Right. Votes for people count. So thus far, the Republicans are voting for like McCarthy or Lee Zeldin or somebody voted for John Boehner yesterday. Um, and so long as, as so long as nine Republic, 10 Republicans show up and vote for a body. Right. Whether it's Jordan or somebody else, then Hakeem Jeffries is not going to win. But as soon as 10 Republicans decide either not to show up uh, when and the number of people voting against against Jordan are is already at 25 or they show up and just vote present, then Jeffries will become speaker. 
Right. Right. And it will be, it will be Jim Jordan's fault and Matt Gates's fault. Without a doubt. No longer your fault because you're no longer in Florida. Yes, thank you. I was never in Matt Gates's uh, district anyway, but <laughs> still, I have that Florida taint off of me. There is some Arizona taint, but, uh, you know, we'll deal with that. At least, as I say, Arizona didn't elect the fascists. They elected a Democrat as uh, governor, a secretary of state, as attorney general. The two senators at least have D's next to their name. Hopefully we'll get rid of Kirsten Cinema. I'm in her old congressional district, apparently. Um, but we'll get rid of her and hopefully get Ruben Gallego in there. So at least I think Arizona's trending blue. See, they're going in the right direction, unlike Jim Jordan, who's going in the wrong direction. <laughs> now, Patrick McHenry <laughs> is an interesting character. You know, Howie Klein is on every Thursday. And he told us some stories yesterday about Patrick McHenry that I did not know. Um, he's not exactly the best choice for a, a, a temporary speaker either, is he? Oh, I didn't hear what Howie had to say. Ooh. And he always has the best dirt. Oh, he has the best dirt. And in fact, he, he referred everyone back to his old website, which is townwithtyranny.blogspot.com, because he's written about Patrick McHenry over the years. Apparently, here's my favorite tidbit that he gave us yesterday. Remember when Madison Cawthorn alleged yeah. that there was some orgy going on in the House with Republicans and stuff that he was invited to? <clears throat> Apparently, the orgy was just... Patrick McHenry inviting Madison Cawthorn uh, to to play with him. Uh, apparently, they never did, but that was the root of that. Patrick McHenry, according to Howie Klein, another closeted gay man who has a wife who you know legislates against LGBTQ policy, but you know leads this other life as many do in washington isn't he is from south carolina it's like he is. is every elected member of congress from south carolina gay i guess so I, you know you got lindsey graham you got this guy you got madison cawthorn apparently uh playing gay i don't know but but you know you can read but up and down with tyranny north carolina but oh, everyone from from south carolina is, is gay i'm pretty it's sure it's just so. a crazy times yeah um along those lines sort of loosely related you have another piece up at town with tyranny that that grabbed my attention because you name checked a former fox commentator a contributor or whatever they call them. Um, allegedly a psychiatrist or a psychologist named Keith Ablo, who I used to call Keith Ablomi, um, who was just horrible. Uh, and, and this goes with the Hunter Biden's laptop thing there. And an escort service. I mean, I love the salacious stuff. Um, Keith Ablomi is involved in some kind of escort service that, that what, what, what happened here? So a week ago today, it seems like 17 months ago, but a week ago today, Brett Baer, supposedly the real news guy on Fox, uh, brought on Leon Panetta to talk about Israel. And rather than talking about Israel, he had to talk about Hunter Biden's dick pics because that's, they cannot stop talking about Hunter Biden's dick pics. And he said, do you regret signing that letter that you know said, this feels like a Russian op, and here's four reasons why, here's four specific timely reasons why and here's two reasons why it feels like a russian op all of which remain true and panetta's like no i haven't seen anything that rules out russian involvement and i wrote a piece and i said i mean so i'm gonna do a couple more posts in the days ahead and and i i hope they're gonna be really easy for people to understand but um basically there there was a laptop and the laptop uh we don't know whether it came into the front door of that shop in delaware uh you know, I'll, I'll, I'll show there's three parts to this, right? Okay. There's a laptop. Mm -hmm. Allegedly, it was brought to um, the blind computer repairman shop and the blind computer repairman definitely sent a laptop to the FBI uh, and made a copy before he sent it to the FBI. He made a copy and he sent it to people like Rudy Giuliani, who then sent it to the entire world. Um, and Hunter Biden has sued Rudy Giuliani and um, and Garrett Ziegler, who used to work for Peter Navarro, for hacking him. Mm -hmm. And uh, everyone's like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. They, of course, didn't hack Hunter Biden. I'm like, no, actually, this is not at all. This is this is a very sound case. Like against Garrett Ziegler, it's very easy on the quote unquote laptop, which in the case of Garrett Ziegler and Rudy Giuliani was only ever a hard drive on that laptop. There is an iPhone saved to iTunes encrypted, though. 
So to get to the iPhone, you have to break the encryption one way or another. You either have to find the password, which is what the FBI claims they did, or you have to break the encryption. Garrett Ziegler went on podcast and said, I broke the encryption, which is confession to, uh, to basically hacking Hunter Biden. Like if you, if you, if that's the rule, like if, if, if I leave my purse in a coat check and my phone is in there, uh, and you find my phone and you, crack in my phone if i've got a passcode on my phone and you break into my phone it doesn't matter if i've left my purse there the act of breaking into my phone is hacking sure that um, makes sense and that is what hunter biden is suing garrett siegler for that is there's a similar theory for what hunter biden is suing rudy giuliani for if rudy giuliani did in fact hack hunter biden it means the new york post stuff always downstream from hacking and it means that twitter was completely vindicated for throttling the New York Post story because they throttled originally because they said this feels like it's hacked material. Well, if Rudy Giuliani hacked Hunter Biden, then in fact it was hacked material. Um, but there's a whole nother process before a computer walks into the blind computer repairman shop. It's, it's, it's a question of how a one or more laptops gets packaged up. Mm-hmm. And in the period when it was packaged up, Hunter Biden was getting ketamine treatment from a blow me. Okay. In, in, in Massachusetts. Oh my God. Why did he um, go to him? Yeah. Right. This is just the most insane thing. And so in this period, Hunter Biden is at the same time, um, paying thousands of dollars to fuck, uh, many of them Russian or other Slavic sex workers, high end escort service, right? Mm-hmm. They're coming to where Hunter Biden is staying to get treatment from Keith Ablomi. Oh, God. And at the same time, and you can see this, and, and I've laid this all out, like things yes. are happening to Hunter Biden's digital life. Like um, you, you eventually see a copy of the of his entire iCloud being made. You see a new copy of a phone being saved in the iTunes that I just told you about. Mm-hmm. You see them altering the contact list. You see them altering Hunter Biden's contact list. You see the use of a, of a burner phone. Hunter Biden only ever use Macs with like two exceptions. Um, and there's a burner phone right in it. There's another one where there's a login from, from uh, Wyoming or someplace or Oregon, right? right? Hunter Biden, he's in Massachusetts. Somebody's logging into his iPhone, into his iCloud account from Oregon. You know, something's going on there. And so all of that happens when Hunter Biden is at Keith the Blomies getting ketamine treatment. And he's, of course... You know, A, he's an addict. B, he's on ketamine treatment. So you like exacerbate. I've, and, I've and, done ketamine therapy. You're not really conscious during that time. There's no way he and, could be doing this C, stuff. C, also there, like there are indications that Hunter Biden, if he, even if he wanted to email the real world and say, help get me, he, he was being cut off in the real world. So those three things all happen while he's in care with, with Keith Blomi and these Russian escort service. Um, and, and out of that process, a laptop gets packaged up. But one of the things that happens is that a year later, the DEA goes in for a different reason entirely to raid Keith Blomey's house, his 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 uh, service, and they find Hunter Biden's laptop. How interesting! Or you right, know, so, quote Hunter Biden's laptop. No, no, that oh, really oh, they was really Hunter found laptop. Oh, at the, Keith, the, because the, they went there. Okay. Yeah, the DEA returned it to Keith Ablomi and Keith and, and Hunter Biden's lawyers were like, give it back. So, so that is actually Hunter Biden's laptop. And the question is, what is the laptop then that walked into the blind computer repairman shop? And, and what and state was that computer repairman shop in? It was Virginia or something, right? No, no, it was oh. Delaware. Oh, it was yeah. Delaware. Okay. Del, Del, and that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to show that there's a three phase process. Um, and, and most people are like, uh, once it gets to Rudy Giuliani, it doesn't matter. I'm like, well, actually it does. If, if, if Garrett Ziegler is hacking into, uh, Hunter Biden's phone that was locked, then yeah, that's a crime. Like you, you don't get to commit a crime just because Hunter Biden is, was an addict, right? Like, right. um, Everyone assumes that because the FBI found evidence of calls between um, the blind computer repairman and Hunter Biden, that, of course, it must really have happened. But even there, there was stuff on the laptop that allowed people, anybody in possession of Hunter Biden's laptop, to forward his calls, forward his emails, to intercept. They had his credit card so you could go very easily and be Hunter Biden in Delaware 
um, particularly if you were going to a blind computer repairman. So that, and, and the really big story is all of this gets packaged up, uh, while Hunter Biden is an addict with Russian, Russian escort service in, uh, in ketamine treatment at a time when he seems to be cut off in the digital world. That's the circumstances behind during which his laptop gets packaged up. And we will eventually learn that the way in which it gets packaged up made it lethal. It was all, you know, like, I don't know who's involved. I don't know who did the packaging. Right. I'm not accusing Keith Ablome of doing it, but I'm saying that the way in which it was packaged up uh, should have, like, as soon as the IRS agents saw this, they should have run screaming to the cyber guys at FBI and said this, you know, like the the um, son of the former vice president is having his digital life totally hacked. Instead, they built a five year investigation off of this same laptop. It's just all insane. It, it gets more and more insane. So I will yeah. be covering that. In the, Good. In the and, and I I will link to that. We- article because Between I found it Jim fascinating elections. <laughs> right. and I still don't know um, uh, I, I keep um, looking over at uh, MSNBC I should bring up CNN to see if they have anything about uh, what's happening in the house uh, I'm trying to monitor everything at once but there's so much going on um, uh, yeah MSNBC is now talking about uh, the hostages which is just another horrific situation um, are you at all dealing with that because you do deal with uh, foreign affairs and uh, war and, and and that kind of shit but there's so much happening there's only so much you can cover um, are you at all looking at that story or are you just trying to stay sane without it Uh, in the back of my in the back of you know i'm watching it i'm not writing about it it's it's i mean one of the reasons i'm not writing about it is it's like that that new york times story where you know hamas says hospital attacked and it's like and and you know i will eventually write about how because i had thought that shitter's downfall we were going to get away without shitter being too much of a catastrophe because people are leaving it in droves yeah. and because the disinformation tied to the Hamas attack was sort of multi-directional. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like Russia was saying Joe Biden did it, right? right? You know, which is what you'd normally expect. It was all over the map. But when that explosion happened, uh, there was so much disinformation and mainstream journalists were completely irresponsible. They, yep. they, they didn't say, we don't know. We need to wait. We have to say, we don't know. Like, yes. There's too much. And there aren't enough journalists in Gaza. And what journalists are there are being, you know, like, uh, like a journalist in, in Lebanon already killed. Um, it, it, it is so hard to make sense of what's going on. And then you throw in shitter on top of it. You throw in the disinformation going on and shitter on top of it. And, and it, and it, it has turned what was an unbelievable tragedy into something that could turn into world war. And shitter is like fundamentally responsible for that escalation. Oh, it's just horrific. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because it's what I've been saying for days. And, you know, after every mass shooting, they warn we're not saying too much because we, you know the 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 early so-called facts we get are usually wrong we need to wait for the facts and none of them said that after this hospital uh bombing and yes there's disinformation on both sides and the the level of irresponsibility is horrible and now um you know the damage is done because it, when you say uh, the new york times it, it people don't hear hamas says the New York Times, what they hear is the New York Times saying uh, IDF bombed this hospital and was responsible for 500 civilian deaths. We don't know. And if that is what happened, then that's a war crime. And, you know, but but wait for the facts. And instead. Right. Right. You know. Whereas now it looks like the number of dead is a fraction right. of that, whoever caused it. And so, you know, it, it just is too easy to inflame entire populations and uh and you know it's happening on top of you know like you know after this after this rolled out right um donald trump was of course oh if i were in charge i'm like donald trump you're the guy who gave intelligence away to iran hello you gave away israeli intelligence Intelligence. to the russians you you repeat yeah and you repeatedly published very sensitive intelligence about iran 
we have every reason to believe that some of the some of the documents that were in your gaudy bathroom pertain to Iran. You have no like we don't know when we're trying to deal with, say, the Saudis, whether they have inside information and they're dealing with Joe Biden differently because of that. And then you add in Egypt and they just lost Menendez as their kind of go to guy. Um, and so it's not you know, this is not a part of Menendez. No. Terrible. Trump. Terrible. And it, when you when you when you throw this crisis and all of the disinformation and shitter on top of the fact that Menendez has been double dealing with the Egyptians, or at least that's the allegation, yep. and that Trump had secrets about Iran and the Middle East sitting there in his bathroom when the Saudis came to arrange a golf deal. We, you know, like Biden is doing a not horrible job. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, he's a statesman. I, Blinken is working really hard. Uh, I, you know, we can complain about it a lot, but yep. they are working really hard. They know how to try and work this, but neither of them knows, as far as we know, what Menendez has done and what Trump has done to undermine our ability to negotiate from a position of some intelligence. Right. The Menendez story is particularly disturbing um, that he kept going after uh, there was a hung jury, basically. They, they didn't come to a verdict. And so he was allowed to stay in the in the uh, in the um, in the House, in the Senate. No, House. Where's Senate? Senate. Senate. No, Senate. Oh, Senate Foreign Relations Chair, oh, oh my which God. is where things get approved, where where um, where weapons packages get approved for Egypt. And, you know, basically, by all appearances, what happened is that uh, uh, Egypt saw the trial. They're like, this guy's corrupt as hell. How do we get in on this? And they found people close to Menendez. And they just basically, you know, they, they, they started by getting him to trade stuff that he shouldn't have traded, like mm. information about how many people worked at the, at the embassy. And from there, um, there are two instances in the, in the indictment now in the superseding indictment where, uh, as Egypt was about to be criticized for human rights violations, including, um, the, one was this American whose boyfriend and she were both shot at with a, with Egyptian helicopter back in 2015. And, um, that was going, you know, they were going to hold off arms. Didn't, you know, uh, they, they went to Menendez and he, inter- he intervened. Same with Egypt's involvement in the Khashoggi execution. Uh-huh. They went to Menendez and he intervened. So they had a guy, they had a guy who was in the most important position in the Senate to go and kind of run interference for Egyptian, Egyptian, um, that's the allegation anyway. That's the allegation. Um, but, but it, but it is just horrible that they basically were able to, to, um, compromise the most important senator. Yeah. Uh, in charge of these decisions and, you know, and, and he, it looks like was interfering to shield Egypt for accountability for its, for its human rights violations. Now, Democrats, for the most part, are calling for his resignation, saying enough already. This guy can't be here. Republicans have been, um, curiously silent, haven't they? Right. I mean, because if they say that this kind of corruption is wrong, then they're on the hook for this. And look, I mean, People don't know this, but uh, from 2017 until 2020, DOJ investigated Trump for receiving a $10 million bribe from Egypt. Wow. Right? So yep. Trump got a $10 million infusion in September of 2016, and that's how he was able to stay in the race. And DOJ tried to chase it down. They took it to the Supreme Court. They, uh, so basically this, the, these funds are believed to have come to Trump organization from a Egyptian owned bank. And who knows where the money, wow. you know, came from beforehand. But these were very credible allegations that Trump had gotten $10 million during the 2016 election and that he was then beholden to Sissy, same guy that, that Menendez was beholden mm-hmm. to. And um, ultimately, DOJ, under Bill Barr, dropped that investigation because they wouldn't go to Trump Organization to to, to figure out whether Trump Organization did accept the money in. Um, and so when, you know, and, and like Steve Bannon was questioned about this. This was key to um, if George Papadopoulos had cooperated, that's what they would have gotten him to cooperate about. This was a really active investigation and Republicans all know that. And so when they are silent about Menendez, 
it's not just Menendez that they're being silent about. Right. And, and then there's the whole, you know, like if Menendez is on the hook for shielding the Egyptians for executing Khashoggi, then of course, Jared's on the- <laughs> $2 billion from the Saudis. Right. I mean, Menendez is a piker compared to Jared. That's right. And of course, they won't look at that. And it seems like, you know, they're, 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 the Republicans are so busy calling the Biden crime family um, for things that I don't see. But but Jared taking $2 billion from the Saudis, oh, that's fine. They, no problem with that. It's just hypocrisy, right, right. which we're well, used that's to. Why, at this point. I mean, I, I said this already, but that's why I really recommend people follow the fraud trial in, in New York because it's. It's it's on a fairly large scale. I mean, this is like millions of dollars that they inflated Trump's wealth yep. so that banks like uh, I think it was earlier this week, the son of Alan Weisselberg was in a bank loaning to Trump. You know, and I'm like, this sounds just like what they in their most feverish dreams, they think maybe six people removed from Hunter Biden did. Mm-hmm. And this is like, this is what we're getting on a daily basis in a courtroom in New York. Right. Okay. So we, we follow that. One last thing I want to bring up with you, Marcy Wheeler, is last night, Joe Biden addressed the nation. Now, this is the man who is 80-something years old. Uh, the Republicans are trying to paint him as um, demented, uh, you know, uh, feeble, uh, unable to do anything. This is a guy who flew to Israel first president to ever fly into an active war zone in Israel, um, met with Netanyahu, spoke with others, hostages. apparently. Families of hostages. Uh, families yeah. of hostages, met with, and came back. And, and he's done all this, and he delivered probably his most powerful speech last night, whether you agree with him or not. I'd put him up against any speech by Donald Trump when he's well rested um, to show that, you know, what they're saying is wrong. I think Joe Biden has full control of his faculties and uh, is whether you agree with him or not, I think he's doing the best job that someone could do under these circumstances. Yeah. I mean, the pace at which both he and Lincoln are chasing this down is unbelievable. And, and really, I mean, again, whether you agree with him or not, the experience he brings to the table. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and brought to the table on Ukraine. Like, right. you know, I, I thought, you know, I, I'm sure Putin thought that, you know, this is going to be easy and, Biden really pulled it together and he, you know, he was drawing on 40 years of experience in that. Well, really see, he used to chair the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, right? This was his, his area of expertise, allegedly. Yeah. 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 I mean, he knows what he's doing. And honestly, you don't have to agree with what Joe Biden is doing, but he is trying to stave off the mistakes made by Bush and Obama. Yep. You know, like he fought Obama early in their in their administration on things like Afghanistan. Like the reason he pulled out of Afghanistan the way he did is because he was just like, you know, we're not going to continue to make this. And you can complain about the way he withdrew. You but should. he ended but the war. He ended the war. And I, you know, he is, he is trying to find a different approach. He will make a lot of mistakes and it is an impossible situation. It is, there is no way to, bring back the 5,000 civilians on both sides who have been killed yeah. uh, uh, senselessly. There's no way to, to make that go away. And there's no way, you know, it's just, it is a different time. Like there's so much more tolerance and in fact, political pressure in the United States to, to recognize the importance of the Palestinian views. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's going to make things a little bit different. I think in Israel, there are so many passionate voices uh, even from families who lost people. I mean, there were after 9-11 too, but mm. those people were drowned out by, by, you know, this, this fear mongering. Um, whereas it, it, it is a terrible time and it is being exacerbated by domestic politics and disinformation and, you know, uh, just America's embeddedness with Israel. But, yeah. um, but Biden is trying to do something different. Will he succeed? No, because this is an impossible situation. Um, is he trying to do something different? Yes. Uh, is it going to be enough? 
No, no. it's not. You can't bring those 5,000 people back. Not at all. But on the other hand, just, you know, we're seeing the polls and, and Trump is beating Biden in all these places. Can you imagine if this unfolded while Trump was in office? Now, he says it wouldn't have happened if he was there because he's Trump. Um, but can you imagine just how exponentially worse I mean, it's horrific. It's so bad. Um, I can't imagine it being worse, but I can only think if Trump was in office, I don't know where we'd be right now. Yeah. And it's a long time. You know, it's over a year of the election. A A lot is happening. Like Trump on a daily basis, like Trump not only loses his cool in that New York trial that I keep telling people to, to right. listen to, but he also on a daily basis loses track of who he's actually running against. He thinks he's running against Obama. He keeps uh. forgetting, you know, he is, he's beginning to lose it. Trump is. Oh. And, you know, I, I don't, you're not going to break the cult. Um, although, you know, of course there's this rump of the Republican party that is standing up to Trumpism because, uh, Jim Jordan started sending mobsters out after their spouses. Yes. Right? Like they, yep. they're like, you, you know, why are you threatening my wife? Because I didn't vote for you. Right. And, and so like, maybe well, this will be yeah. the, the turning point. Maybe look, we saw today, 25 Republicans say hell no to Jim Jordan up from 20 and 22. And now the, um, the uh, Chiron on CNN at least said the uh, House Republican Caucus is meeting. Here you go. After uh, the GOP, damn it, um, it said the MSNBC, the House Republican Caucus is now meeting behind closed doors yet again. So he didn't bring up a vote, uh, the fourth vote immediately. So they're they're gathering behind closed doors. Um, I, I, I don't see Jim Jordan ever becoming speaker. And again, uh, refer people to your piece at emptywill.net from uh, like four days ago or so about Jim Jordan. There's a whole lot of reasons this man should never be given the gavel. Yep. And, you know, like there were moments that first vote, I was pretty panicked. I was like, it could be what if he manages to pull it out? And now it just looks like he's snowballing. He is snowballing the the um, rupture between the maggots and people who imagine themselves as Republicans. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, no one knows what's going to happen. Nope. It's a year until the election. No one knows what's going to happen. But uh, it's definitely a time of flux. It is. It's a good time to be reading EmptyWheel.net, listening to the show. Marcy Wheeler, it's so great to talk to you again and uh, get some sanity. I love I love these conversations we have because, and you amaze me. You continue to amaze me because I ask you a question and you just, you know what's going on. You've got these facts uh, right at your fingertips and it's because you're writing about all of it and you're watching all of it. Um, they're from from Ireland. Do other people, I mean, I'm sure you've met some people and you have friends in Ireland. Do they know uh, how how on top of American uh, politics you are? Do they know what you do? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Not, yeah, I mean, yeah, there are people in Ireland who know what I do. Um, but uh, right now I'm not getting out much because of my... My pink cast. So. Yes, it is a lovely pink cast. Here's my pink cast. Uh, yes. No, no, it, when we were kids, everyone would sign the cast. <laughs> I think it's I made of different material now. It's harder to sign yeah, these it days. It is. Uh, and they give you your choice of color. So yes, they do. I pick pink. Pink. All right. Because girls rule. <laughs> Uh, Barbie pink also because I, you know, like every time it's a place crowded, I'm, I'm worried about people running in my foot. So I they will see it. It screams pink, pink. Marcy Wheeler, uh, find her at emptywheel.net on the various, uh, socials at empty wheel. Um, you're still on shitter. So am I, although I, every day I'm like, what am I doing here? Uh, but now I find myself I'm on blue sky. Yeah. So. You're on blue sky too. All right. And I'm yeah. on, and Mastod- I'm on Mastodon and threads and blue sky and, Shitter. I'm not on threads. Basically. I won't be on threads. Right. But I'm on Mastodon and Blue Sky as well. At Empty Wheel. Um, thank you as always. Uh, we'll talk off the air. Hopefully, we're going to make this a weekly thing. We got to figure out the logistics of that. Um, but 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 I hope you can do it because I know my listeners um, appreciate your input as much as I do. Absolutely. Good to see you, Nicole. Glad you're back in a studio wherever you are. Wherever I am. I'm in Chandler. Sandler in Chandler. So, oh, and I, yeah, that's right. And I have a big announcement beginning, um, I I announced it a couple of days ago on the show, beginning, I think, November 17th. That's our target date. I'm going to be doing a weekly show on KPFK. 
in Los Angeles. And it'll be on, you know, kpfk.org, so globally. And, um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. It'll be a similar show to what we're doing now, but it'll be Fridays at 5 o'clock. So hopefully Mm -hmm. inject a little more fun because it's the beginning of the weekend and the end of the work week. So, anyway. Exciting stuff oh. happening. We got women who rock coming, but the show, uh, people keep asking me to keep doing the show as long as I can. Days like yesterday were really rough. Uh, or, sorry, days like Wednesday were really, really, yesterday too. Just this whole Israel Gaza thing is just, oh, yeah. and, and, and the Republicans and everything. Um, so this weekend, David and I are taking a day trip up to Sedona because I've never been. Oh, uh, you've never been? I've never been. So we're going to leave. That's where my um, wedding celebration was. I love Sedona. I love Sedona. It's a really magical place. That's what I hear. Really great. Yeah. We could use some magic right now. It's uh, it's one of those places where you just slough off stresses. So um, just what the doctor ordered. We'll do. I'll take lots of pictures. Marcy, thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. and We'll figure out when we can do this regular more regularly. All right. Uh, Take care. Take care of that foot. Rest up. And thank you again. All right, take care. And there you go, Marcy Wheeler. Um, always, always great to talk with her. And um, yeah, and we spoke after the, we recorded, and we're going to do it Fridays. So Fridays, ending the week with Marcy Wheeler. And the extra added bonus is that, um, you know, the podcast is up over the weekend. So maybe more people will hear her because she's just awesome. All right, with that, it is the weekend. Enjoy it, everybody. And three weeks from now, I'll be prepping for the KPFK show. So um, always, always something, right? All right. Have a wonderful weekend. I will see you Monday. All rested and miraculously healed by the vortexes in Sedona. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace out.